He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for the first day of September in the year of our Lord 2023. Happy Friday to you. I hope your week has gone well. I hope you're preparing to be not working, not laboring a whole lot. Get it? Wasn't that a clever one? I hope you're looking forward to a long weekend in the United States of America, and I don't think, but I don't know if it applies to the rest of the world where you all just fucking grind relentlessly. We have a long weekend. We're going to take some time (laughs) to ourselves to just celebrate us, to pause for a moment and celebrate the great corporate America that sustains and diminishes our lives simultaneously. We have a long weekend here in the United States, and that means most people are not going, I don't know what it means, most people aren't going to work on Monday. I hope you have a long weekend in store. You know what I'm going to do? This is my final weekend not doing Final week not doing stand-up comedy after my nearly month-long vacation from stand-up. Aside from <laughs> one most stand-up-like night one could possibly have if one were an open micer. Aside from one night, I haven't been up in a month. And what's great about that is I've gotten to spend a lot more time with my wife. It's good for me. This is not false modesty. It's good for me. I think she likes hanging. She likes, you know, my wife is the kind of person who probably enjoys hanging out with me, has enjoyed the month uh, transition into San Diego, spending some time, being able to reflect, connect, grow, develop, strengthen. <laughs> she probably likes that. And is also, but when I say she's the type of person, is also the type of person who knows in the back of her head pretty soon I'm going to be gone most nights and probably that puts a ceiling on the amount of enjoyment she can get in the present moment. I don't know that for sure, and I don't want to speak for her, though I'm certainly comfortable speaking for other women. I don't know that to be true, but I imagine there's something in that. This is the final weekend that uh, we're going to build a bit of a structure next week. My daughter starts school officially on Tuesday, and I'm going to start going out and making my way with intention into the San Diego comedy scene. But this weekend, one final hurrah, you know what we did? We came up, we decamped to, I think is is that the right way to use that word, decamped? You decamp from something or you decamp to a place? We have left our home in the city and took the dogs to uh, a awesome place in kind of the country, country-esque feel in San Diego to this guy who's got a big pond and and, uh, a bunch of outbuildings and uh, a very reasonable place to drop your dogs. We dropped the dogs there and we decamped to my juggling instructor and my mom and juggling instructor's house where we're going to stay for a few days because it's a lot nicer than our place (laughs) because they have access to a pool in their neighborhood Uh, because we want to see them and my daughter and my folks just have this is why we move back they're they're running like when we get to my parents house they're like running to each other's arms like a movie from the 1940s it's so awesome to see and so what we thought we were going to come up here for a couple days and hang out might be like three or four days and 
Stay the whole goddamn weekend. Who knows? But we're up here now, and they're only like 30 minutes outside of the city. But it's it's a different it's a different different vibe. You know, good public schools. Uh, it's it's just a different it's a different feel. It's the, it's the burbs is where they live, and. Uh, Interestingly, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do this weekend. Interestingly, there are a lot of business parks up here. A lot of uh, executive business centers and a lot of, uh, that's what they're called, right? Business parks? Not industrial parks. Business parks, I think you call them. You know, office buildings, but in the suburbs with huge parking lots and that sort of thing. Like just off the highway, there is. Anyway, I... In tooling around this morning, I got out of the house. It's, it's early Friday morning. I mean, early. It's like 8, eight o'clock. I got out of the house, left everyone. My, uh, my, step, my juggling instructor and daughter were playing. My wife was... It doesn't matter. What, who gives a shit what they were doing? It's what I'm doing for you. With you. On you. With you. By you. Through him. With him. I'm here with you. But I'm sitting in one of these business parks because I drove around to find a nice place to record the podcast. And <clears throat> I, I came up across a, a, a cluster of what looked like business parks. And they are all empty. There is a lot of real estate here with a lot of what looks to be like leases that probably have been renegotiated once or twice. I feel like I'm kind of uh, in the big short when they realize it's all, they go to Florida and they realize it's all a charade. I know that people who know a lot more about finance and real estate know that there is a crisis. <laughs> Woe is the corporation. There's a, nobody gives a shit about the unhoused or homeless people, but Woe is the corporate tenant who has all these buildings sitting. You, you know, I never really considered that. All these buildings sitting empty. I know the people that know more about real estate and more about finance understand that there is a, a catastrophe for, from their end of, uh, in the, what do you call it, the commercial real estate market, office space. Basically, people work from home now, and there are a bunch of goddamn buildings sitting empty. And that's, that's making life painful for people who own those buildings. Who are still millionaires and billionaires, so let's not let's not get too wrapped up in it. But I drove over to one of these parks where these empty buildings are sitting, and I feel like I, I I'm in a oh, uh, a desert. There is to my left I'm a, a massive Intel building. Across from me is a massive Sony building, and to the right of me is a massive building that doesn't even have a name on it. Like it's it's gotten that bad. But it's wonderful because it. It reminds me of a time where you could just stumble upon space <laughs> and it wasn't compressed. <clears throat> and you, you know what you could do up here? You could skate. And you know what? They're not. They're too penny wise to employ security guards. So I can sit here and record the podcast with the mobile recording setup. You could come up here and skateboard. You probably could graffiti this place. And it's, it's actually really, really nice. It looks like they've invested a lot of money in in the parking lot itself, putting up uh, desert scape landscaping. It's really, really nice This, as Intel, you know, massive buildings go. Here comes a forklift with a few things on it. You better have the microchips by tomorrow, sir. 
but it's really cool. You could come up here, skateboard. You could drink beer at night. You could maybe have a little hanky-panky in the car. You could do any number of things uh, without anybody harassing you. Uh, but it also looks like if you're the people who own these buildings, you're losing a shitload of money. Forklift guy, I don't know what he has with him. But yeah, they don't even employ security guards to come harass me while I'm recording the podcast. I'm drinking coffee from... My, my juggling instructor is so thoughtful that he gets up when we're in town. And he does this for my mom. So, you know, he does this for my mom. But when my wife and I are in town staying at their place, he gets up in the morning and he walks to Starbucks, which I think is like a mile away maybe. And he gets coffee for all of us in these metal containers. Thermoses, I think you might call them, you dope. And he brings them back and he sets them on the counter until we wake up. He's an early riser, so he's probably up at 5 or something like that. That's because he gets a lot of shit done, like taking care of you. I know, I'm not knocking. Are you arguing with yourself? At the podcast inception, someone told me that the podcast sounded like me arguing with myself. Well, I'm trying to make sure I'm thinking of things in the most accurate way, sir. He didn't say it as a bad thing, so I don't know why I'm being defensive. And I'm not arguing about my stepdad getting up, but he gets gets up and he gets coffee for us. And I just picked one up and walked out the door. I'm like, all right, thanks. I'm going to go record the podcast. Very thoughtful. I'm drinking this coffee from him, not making a lot of sense in this massive commercial this desert land a sony headquarters these are big companies sony's right there intel's right there and the other one empty and i'm sitting in the shade of some desert landscaping that looks planted to grow and expand and nobody ever is gonna come fucking work in these places I, it's just it can't happen it's too expensive i think for it to be a uh, support I don't know. It just doesn't look like... The people who work in these buildings are like, fuck you, we're going to work from home, or we're all going to move to Texas because we like that state. We like that state because we don't have to pay income taxes, but really we like it even better because they uh, are the most regressive state in the country outside of Florida where they also don't have uh, estate taxes. They also don't have income taxes. That's right. You move to Texas, you move to Florida, you pay federal income tax, but the state doesn't want any of your goddamn money. Well, then I can overlook the fact that you can't read books in Florida anymore. I read. I read a book last week. And I'm going to read another one before you know it. There's my pledge. All right. I, I apologize. It's, it's, it's probably fucking annoying, but here I am. What I'm doing tomorrow is I'm going to... I'm going to the Del Mar racetrack. You know what that is? It's a horse racing track, which increasingly over the years, I have felt two things. One, in an alternate lifestyle, I would have done well as a track kid. I was a bit of a runaway from home, and I think I would have done well as just a little scrapper who hooked up with a wise old trainer and learned the equine way and became a horseman. Not like sport of kings owning a bunch of horses, but I mean like Richard Dreyfus and let it ride with like a daily racing form 
rolled up in my hand, screaming, Get up, Six! Get up! Like I would have had some thoughts and <laughs> insights into horses. That's my one thought. Like I could have been like a little grime ball track kid, dude, adult, middle-aged man now who doesn't talk to his kids kind of guy. I think I could have thrived in that space. Get up, Six! Come on! Whip them! I think I could have been there. The other thing, the other thought that's emerged over the years is it's a horrific sport and uh, the dissonance it causes me knowing how many of these horses die. Well, here comes the happy part of the podcast. Uh, makes me uncomfortable and uh, not as eager to support it, watch the Kentucky Derby, any of that, go to the track uh, anymore. So that's a real emerging thought as well. However, someone I know said, hey, I got a table. I don't know how a table happened. In like the fancy part of Del Mar racetrack, which is spectacular in its beauty, non-Southern Californians. It's a horse racetrack. Like, uh, is it even a mile from the beach? It's They call it where the surf meets the turf. It's spectacular, and it's like an old fancy, I might have alluded to it on past podcasts, an old fancy Southern California rich person, the movie stars from Hollywood would come down. Back when San Diego, like I said on the last episode when we were talking about the getaway, San Diego occupied a romantic spot in the uh, American psyche, I gather. Why is Steve McQueen racing down through Mission Valley and Mission Hills trying to get to Mexico? Why is Bruce Springsteen writing songs about Noah, cozy little place down San Diego way where they play guitars all night and day. You can hear them in the back room strumming. And then Bing Crosby and these uh, Hollywood elites would come down to, I don't know, it's a different time. I Maybe that's what I'm trying to do. If I had one of these buildings, I would sell it at a loss but still take all my money out of it and turn into Bing Crosby at the racetrack. So, I'm going, so someone called and said, hey, I have a table. Would you and your wife like to go? And I said, absolutely. Uh, and he, he said, okay. And, and he probably really knew his audience. The next text came back and said, uh, they're going to want you to wear a jacket. <laughs> and he knows I'm not a big jacket guy. I can dress up, you know what I mean? I can move into those spaces, as I should. I'm an adult, and I should be able to move into those places with a little bit of class. I don't think I have zero style. Comics, or people who see me on stage, you might disagree with that. I don't think I have zero style, but I'm not I'm not a fancy clothes person, but I'm also emergingly trying to, not trying to, thinking about, I think about how I present myself to the world, but I'm not a sport coke guy. I didn't grow up at the club kind of guy, so I'm not a, Grab your sport coat and khakis. And... But I'm going to go to the racetrack where you're expected to look a certain way. Pardon me for the water. You're expected to learn a, look a certain way. And it, you know what this is doing? Is, is, is it meant, what I'm doing tomorrow, meant to uh, tighten up income inequality? No. But you know what it's going to do? It's going to make me have less money, certainly. I'm going to spend money getting there. I spent money getting a sport coat, which I'll tell you about. And I'm going to spend money on the races, and I'm going to lose. That's because that's what you do at the track. You never win. But I. But tomorrow is going to be different, everybody. I got a, I got a line on a horse. 
Last time he was on LASIK, now this time he's not. Gonna take the blinders off. He's, he's, he's on a positive trend of runs. Last few races, he's been in the money. Tomorrow's the day. Or she, I don't know if they're boys or girls. <laughs> Gelded horses. In any case, you're supposed to have a jacket, so we're going to be in the fancy. You, you, you have an idea of what a racetrack is like, right? You see rich people with their hats and dresses and their bloodshot eyes having a good time. Well, that, I guess, is what we're going to do. So my wife, she brought a dress up to, up to my folks' house. Hopefully she has some strappy sandals or something to put on. And I, who do, I guess what I'm saying is I have a sport coat that I can put on and go out to dinner and I can, I can look the part. But I'm not a guy who has nice clothes for all occasions. Does that make sense? So, like, I don't have a, like, when I went to Charleston with those two guys, they had, like, what you should look like if you uh, are a, uh, you know, richish, not that these guys are, but, you know, like, I don't want to say, like, a daytime I don't want to say douchey, but they know they have like slacks and a shirt that are perfect for Charleston at noon on a Friday in June. I wore shorts and like a polo shirt, which is me fitting that in there. So I don't have like nice clothes for every moneyed occasion, like moneyed people have. Like you hear Del Mar, like oh, I need I need to go pull this down out of the closet. I just don't have that because that's not how I move. But at the same time, I have a little boldness to me, and I'm not afraid to, to, to take, a, take a shot on a style. So I'm not going to borrow some sport coat from somebody, you know. I'm also probably not going to get a sport. I'm not going to spend two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate $100 on a sport coat just to go fucking watch some horse run around a track before they shoot it in the back because it broke its leg because it's been uh, artificially brought up in a thing that I don't want to think about. I need to get a coat, right? A sport coat, a jacket. And I'm also thinking it's still summertime. You know, it's going to be probably 80 degrees. It may be 85, but it's over there by the water and it's so nice and breezy and spectacular. It's one of those moments where you think, boy, I should have gone into finance or I should have gone <clears throat> I shouldn't have cared about like art and creativity and psychology and all these other things that I'm interested in I should have fucking worked for Exxon or even better Saudi Arabia you know I, I would never do that could never do that but it's like when you see like some of that like extreme wealth you're like I don't want that but I get it I mean I would take it if you gave it to me but I'd have to like rationalize it all the way along the way about how you know me I have this like I said probably residue of Catholicism even though I wasn't even from from my parents generation I wasn't even raised Catholic fuck it give me all the money I'll take it Bezos fuck you I want my yacht I'm gonna hang out with oligarchs I'm not gonna borrow a sport coat you know what I mean I'm not 12 so I said to my wife and my mom yesterday when we got up here is there there is there a mall? There's a mall. You know, I like to go into the nice stores. I like to quickly find the red signs that say 30, 40, 60, 80% off. Get in, get out. And that's what you should do. You should go to nice 
department stores. I'm giving you now. This is the only advice I'm ever going to give you. Go to nice department stores once every month or two, and it's just in the spirit of being efficient, moving through there. Just walk with pace, find the red signs that say sale, and just go. That's what I do. So that's what I was thinking I would do yesterday. There's a guy coming at me now. It's campy security. This guy looks like maintenance. But maybe he'll touch me up. He could give not one fuck what I was doing here in this parking lot. And and he gave me that, that wave I like to do when I'm driving. I lift my hand off the steering wheel and I show three fingers. I don't do two, like peace. But I throw my thumb out there like a European counting one, two, three. I just give him that. Like, it's a bit like a spider or a, <laughs> what do you call it, uh, a starfish. Just that three right off the top. The meat of your thumb is resting on the steering wheel. You just throw <laughs> I like to throw that three at people. <laughs> I don't know. And that's what that guy did to me. He's like, do whatever you want, dude. Get out your skateboard and your Mickey's big mouth and have a good time in the parking lot. I asked my wife, my mom, is there a shopping mall where I can just go find one of those stores, quickly go for, look for the red signs to see something that's going to be out of season, <clears throat> right? The warm, uh, warm weather, rich clothes are going to be tremendously marked down because the fashion cycle is already moving to the fall, winter, etc. right? That's what I'm thinking. And they both said, not really. There's not much around here. There is a Nordstrom rack. But my wife cautioned that that would slow my efficiency because she said you can get good things in there. It just takes a while. And the subtext of that was you wouldn't like that because you're an impatient child. Or so I heard it. So I said, all right, fair enough. And then one of them said, you know, there is a mall up the road and it has an H&M. And that connects for me because my sister once told me H&M is like Ikea for clothes. And it is. It's phenomenal. Go, so this is the fashion advice. Go to H&M, okay? I went to H&M, and I found a pair of light... I'm, this is me, city person who wears a lot. People tell me I wear black and blue all the time. I found a pair of light green, light, light olive chinos for $13. They were $24, and they were marked down to $13. I can take that. I can shoot my shot on that. $13. And then I went and I was like, okay, I'm winning. I've won. I got in and out of here with these light green or light olive pants that I can wear to Del Mar once. And I can wear them a few times during the year. I can wear them uh, on stage. No sweat. $13. Then I'm like, I won. Let's get the hell out of here. Wait a minute. Here's this whole clearance rack over here. And sticking right out in the middle of it is like almost white, I know this sounds insane, almost white Miami Vice looking blazer. Maybe it's light, light, light cream or oatmeal, something, ecru. I don't know if I'm shooting my shot now with ecru. <clears throat> A light oatmeal like Don Johnson, Miami Vice. And I like, I try it on and it's just a little long in the sleeves, but not too long where you look like you're in the movie Big, which came out in 1988. It looks like it's going to, or, you know, uh, Freaky Friday or some other body-switching movie. I didn't see Freaky Friday. I just know it from a 
Patrick uh, Dalton joke. I tried it on. It's a little long. <clears throat> I looked in the mirror with both. Um, it'll work. So I just have to get a shirt. One of us, my wife or me, has to go back down to our house today or tomorrow and grab a shirt that I know will work, which I, for some reason, didn't bring up with me because I don't know what I, I was thinking. And I think I'm going to be golden. For, oh, and sorry, how much did the jacket cost? So it said it was $99, but it's on this clearance rack, $24. I'm in and out of H&M for $37. And I was going to buy a white t-shirt, which was lovely, for $8. I might be wearing an H&M shirt right now. H&M. I'm telling you, an H&M had a nice white t-shirt for $8. H&M is the way. Yeah, maybe the clothes will explode after one or two washings, but it was $8. Well, think about the impact you're having on the environment. Think about the toddlers that made it. At that cost, I know, I know, I know, I know. If you just run down the supply chain, sir, of how your Miami Vice jacket was made to cost, how H&M was paying you to take the goddamn jacket out of the store, think about the impact that had. The supply chain, the children who were whipped into making it, then the economic and, uh, not economic, but uh, environmental cost to ship it over here. Lord knows what they're doing to each other on those uh, container ships and then to drive it to this mall to hang it by the way the malls I, I, I get it but I'm just saying don't think about don't think about anything you buy first of all because you, you'll go crazy if you do if you have a conscience I mean think about it but you know what I'm saying let's not get make big ethical decisions and understand that any purchase of anything practically unless you're a millionaire who can afford to overpay for everything because it's ethically sourced whatever the fuck that means and it's bullshitted by you get the, the point is dude make this an entertaining podcast i got a, a don johnson costume essentially and i have some white shoes that my daughter calls my fire shoes some white sneakers which dudes in atlanta liked you know what i mean when i say dudes in atlanta uh, which is the fucking coin of the realm. A nice pair of kicks in Atlanta, killing it. And I'm going to put that together, and I'm going to go to the track like I belong. I'm not borrowing coats. <sighs> Enthused by that. $37 H&M. The other thing is, malls, they're lades. I'm sitting in an empty... It's wild just how things can change. I'm sitting in probably what was a bustling dot-com, Intel, Sony, here we go, we're gonna, and now making phones and microchips and all this stuff. <clears throat> probably a once burgeoning parking lot. Now it sounds like a prop plane is coming after me. Yesterday, I was in a shopping mall where there might have been four people in the whole mall. If it were nighttime, I might have been scared it was so empty. What on earth is going to happen to that? It's just a matter of time until it becomes like one of those things where you, you know, uh, they show those disaster porn things or whatever it's called, like where they take pictures of abandoned places in, you know, Detroit and Pennsylvania and weeds grow through there. There's no way that place is going to sustain. 
something has to happen to that land. And that, but, I mean, now there's kind of, it seems like a target maybe is holding it down for the whole thing where it looks like that used to be a Macy's, it looked like. Uh, and that used to be some other thriving store. And not every storefront in the mall is full. And the ones that, the, I mean, occupied with like tenants, and the ones that are like Victoria's Secret are empty. There's nobody buying anything. And it's my understanding you have to buy a bra, you have to try a bra on. And that getting a right-fitting bra can change your whole your whole uh, <clears throat> perspective from what I understand. What is this, the dying real estate? <laughs> Where are the opportunities, my investors? Let me know how to invest. <laughs> how can I profit from Intel sitting on this empty piece of land or Sony or that mall that had anyway the, the point is this go to H&M you can and I saw a lot of people buying a lot of stuff there meaning like two people in a store that has like 7,000 square feet you can get good really cheap stuff at H&M good looking I mean like I said it might blow up if you don't put anything in the dryer I don't imagine I will never dry those pants that I got so that's the plan $37, I'm already in the hole, but that's pretty good to, I think, look okay. You know what I'll do for you podcast listeners? I will take a picture of myself in the clothes, and I'll put it on my Instagram story, and you can tell me uh, if it worked or not. And I, I trust that you'll speak freely. I mean, you put me on list of mass shooters. I'm, I'm not worried about you uh, holding back. Speaking of mass shooters, <laughs> I will not take much more of your time. This is the Friday somewhat uh, a, a abbreviated podcast but I wanted to make sure I said hello this day I told you that Rome 10 left a review on Apple podcast where you've heard me also say you're welcome to do just because you've listened to this podcast for a long time and never left a review doesn't mean that you can't leave one now and actually You'll demonstrate to yourself your mental strength by breaking a long-existing, long-edified habit of taking no action and leaving a review by changing it up and saying, you know what, I'm an adult in control of what I do. I don't have to be at the whim or subject to the mercy of inertia and just listen to this guy ramble on in this parking lot again without doing anything to help him out like leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. No, I have agency. I'm going to stop what I'm doing, figure out however the fuck I log into Apple, whatever my password is. Maybe I have to reset it on an old America Online account. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you get to it, you leave a five-star review, and you say, look, I can do things differently. I am not subject to the guardrails of the system. <laughs> I can leave a review just like Rome 10 did. Rome 10 said they'd listened a long time, loved the podcast, and just decided to leave a goddamn review. Five stars. Also, Rome 10, though, just included me on a list of uh, mass murderers. But it still said five stars, and that's what counts. You can leave a review. But what I noticed when I, right before I started recording this, because I wanted to comment on, on, on uh, what? What did I want to do? I noticed, here's what I noticed. When I looked at the reviews right before I started recording the podcast, 
I saw that the number of total reviews was one number less than it had been when I looked the other day. And what that means, friends, family, and supporters of the podcast, is that 15 underscore, it's, it's, a, it's a signal to me, 15 underscore versus underscore 15 is in, is in, is, is what? I was going to say in the wind. That's not, that's the opposite. When I see that number drop, that means 15 is in a refractory period. <laughs> 15 has taken down his review and created anticipation for me and the audience as to what that next review will be. And I thought of it perfectly this morning as I was sitting in this Intel parking lot. When, which reminds me, you know who would know what to do with this? And this is how I got there. Intel used to be run by uh, a man named Andrew Grove or Andy Grove. Why do I know that? I don't know. Who was apparently part of a uh, famous diaspora of Hungarian Hungarian Jews, Hungarian Jewish Hungarians, post-World War II, to the West, who came and added incredible value to the world and their pockets, including George Soros. And Soros would know what to do with these parking lots. He'd call his old boy Andy Grove and say, let me buy those for pennies on the dollar. So when, when 15 takes down a review, it's like it's like being in the ocean when I'm body surfing, wait, which I've been spoiled by that first two weeks I was here. The water was incredibly warm. Now it's in the lower 60s, which is fucking freezing. I need one more bump of warm water here. It's like sitting when you're out waiting for a wave. What you, you do is a wave crashes over you, or you ride, you, you ride, ride the wave, boogie board, surfboard, or body surf like I do, and then you're just kind of, and then and then the tide goes out, and then it, it's like the the waves and the swells reset themselves, and sometimes you have to wait a little bit for oh I see it kind of cresting out there, that's maybe inarticulate, but that's what it feels like when you see the number of reviews go down and 15 has gone out. It's like 15 is waiting to form another wave of review, and I'm looking forward to that. Also, remember, you are in control of your own actions, so you can stop and just leave a goddamn review. Five stars, that's it. Aaron Rodgers is back in the news. We'll talk about what a dummy he remains. <laughs> Finally, I mentioned that uh, Rome 10 put me on the list of mass shooters. You want to see an interesting, regardless of your political whatever, you want to see an interesting web page, website, I think it's called The Trace. It's called The Trace. I think that's all it's called. I just Googled gun violence by location America or something. And The Trace looks like a satellite map of where all gun violence happens. It's, like, it's, it's amazing and staggering looking to see all the bright lights of gun violence in this country. Uh, and it looks like they've tracked it or the map works for like the last nine years. But it's really interesting to look at. <clears throat> and I just compared. I 
Gun violence and physical safety informed our move from Atlanta to San Diego. Zero. I'm going to start by saying that. Zero. It was all about friends and family. You've heard me moan on relentlessly about uh, it being bittersweet and I didn't want to leave Atlanta. At no point did we say, we got to get out of here or it's too, none of that. Like, And we lived in the goddamn city, right? Physical security, crime and safety, and the re- the narrative. The more people cry about that in the in the news, by the way, you can tell. Or the more people are outraged, and we need more cops. It's just more fascism, quite frankly. It's more rich people trying to protect the sp- the ill-gotten gains that they have. Okay, let's just put, let's say it like that. However, I did look. But you had, did hear me say that I felt when I left Atlanta and I broke into the Alabama border that I made it out of Georgia without being shot. And my car hadn't been broken into, which was amazing, considering how many cold or hot nights, as it were, it spent on the streets of Atlanta. Never been broken into. All my comic friends, numerous breaking. Also, I, just at the risk of saying, go to H&M, and I'm sure there was one other kernel of advice. If you're a young person with a car, when you park it in a city or anywhere in a suburb for that matter, do I have to say this to you? I, I guess I do. Take everything out of it. Well, it was just a backpack. You fucking dope. I'm victim blaming here. Take everything out of it. Oh, it was just like a pair of headphones. I can't say it more strongly. Take everything out of your car. If you were to see my car... On the city street tonight, the only thing that did not come with the car that is sitting in the car is a car seat. And the irony of that is, that is super fucking expensive. <laughs> you know, breaking in and stealing headphones is, is not going to give you that much, you junkie. And junkies, by the way, if you're breaking into cars, you should break into cars and steal car seats. Because they're super expensive and probably would go well on the black market. Of course, it would take you like three weeks to try to figure out how to get it out because <laughs> it's kind of a pain. But young people, that's all you would see in my car is a car seat. Nothing else that did not come with the car is in my car. So that's my counsel to you. Don't leave a single thing in your car. Anything. I wouldn't leave a soda in my car. If I leave... There's, my wife has a water bottle that, that looks like she bought it and put water in it. You know, like white women do. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like a water bottle that says breathe on it. I don't even think it's her. Maybe maybe it's, I don't know where this came from. She doesn't have any water bottles that say breathe on it. Whose is this? Maybe it's my mom's. I don't know. She also is a white woman. Nothing should be visible in your car. Nothing. The other thing here is... Why did you start talking about this? I know exactly why. Because I was talking about my car not being broken into Atlanta. In Atlanta. You might think tinted windows is going to keep people from seeing what's in your car. But I believe, with a touch of psychological background, psychology background, you're signaling to people, there's shit in my car I don't want you to see. And if 
you're the kind of person on the other side of that glass, that might motivate you to see, well, what the heck are you trying to, as my daughter would say from Fancy Nancy, conceal. What are you trying to conceal from me? And I'm going to break the window and find out. So, young people, I don't mean to victim blame here, but please, wait a minute, I might have a security guard after all this time coming over to me. Could I be so lucky? And I'm just going to mimic that I'm on a call and see what he does. I'm going to pretend like I'm having an important conversation here. I see him out of the peripheral, peripheral, as it were, of my left eye coming toward me. In a golf cart, by the way, which is not exactly the most menacing thing. And No, he takes a wide... He doesn't want any... Ready for me to say this? He doesn't want any of this smoke. <laughs> Don't leave anything in your car. Don't tint your windows. I looked at the map. Physical security, safety, never had one thing, one trace to do with our departure from Atlanta and move to California. But I just looked in the last three years at the number of shootings in Atlanta versus the number of shootings in San Diego. That's, that's all I did. Well, Atlanta's bigger population, and how do they measure county, city? Dude, I don't fucking know. Go look for yourself. Trace. It's called The Trace, I think. Or you know, the, Start with The Trace. Try that out. In the last three years, there have been five times as many shootings in Atlanta as there have been in San Diego. And perhaps five times so just let's let's put that and and i think what the trace website for me does is it puts gun violence in a little more visceral terms it's not just like another mass shooting in some place you don't live it's like wow look at all this and that's the only way i mean aside from everybody being a victim of gun violence which it sounds like that's where we're heading it's the only way any sensible reform will take place sensible reform improvement why wouldn't we want to improve? They want to take away all our guns. <laughs> Biden looks at that guy and he goes, bullshit. That's bullshit. Joseph Biden will not survive a second term. He will die. The trace makes it more visceral, more tangible, I guess, the gun violence. Five times as many shootings in Atlanta as in San Diego. But how do they measure it? Dude, that's your way of trying to explain away what five times means. That means if I'm sitting in this parking lot right here and I'm shot once, that right over there in that other parking lot, you're going to get shot five times. That means if there are, uh, you go to the store and you pick out five bananas, you're going to walk out with a nice little bunch of five bananas. <clears throat> And the person walking out with you is going to be holding at their arms or spilling over 25 bananas. I'm pretty good at math, aren't I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Five times as many. If there are 100 shootings here, there are 500 shootings over there. If there are a million shootings, there are 5 million shootings. Five times as many shootings in Atlanta as there are or were in the last three years in San Diego. 
That's wild. Wild to me. What might be most tragic about that <clears throat> is that statistic in no way entered my wife and my thinking about staying or moving. <laughs> That's the love we have for Atlanta. It's like, you know what? There's five times as many, like, but we're good here. That's fucking insane that we never thought of that. Like, we're trying to raise a kid. We're trying to look out for this kid who I need to go, I need to go see. Five times. And we never once considered, maybe we should go somewhere else. Hey, we could go to San Diego. We have people out there. <laughs> Let's stay here where there's a five, it's five times more likely we're going to get shot here. It's incredible. What I did do, though, is because I'm a, I am at least this responsible, is I looked, uh, I looked at the sex offender map and there are not any near our house there are but they're not that far away you know have you ever seen those sex offender maps you can type in like your zip code and you know when you you know you live in the city it looks like goddamn chicken pox uh map on the map but there are none within multiple blocks of our house so whew, multiple blocks there are no uh sex offenders around us anyway <laughs> It's, this is 45 minutes, my goodness, way more of your time. Thank you for, if you've made it this far, bless. Have a great weekend, and uh, check out my TikTok. Check out my Instagram story and let me know how Miami Vice I look. All right, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Tuesday.